Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman. I am mom to Skylar, who is an incredible adult son with severe nonverbal autism. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast four years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. In sharing the many relatable caregiver stories and experiences, I hope that you never feel like you have to travel your parenting journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my Facebook page, Welcome to My Life, Skylar's World, or Instagram, Welcome to My Life, underscore Lori Hellman, and let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, could I ask a favor that you please leave a rating and a written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season four of Living the Sky Life. Hello there, and thank you for tuning in for another episode of Living the Sky Life. Today's guest is Kim McIsaac. Kim resides in Massachusetts with her husband and four children, two teenagers and two young adults. Kim is an advocate for autism with a passion for spreading awareness, understanding, and acceptance. Her daughter, Alyssa, is a young adult with profound nonverbal autism. She shares her daughter's journey into adulthood honestly and openly through her blog, Adventures in Autism with Alyssa. She also is the co-host on a podcast, Table for Five, No Reservations, where she podcasts about parenting and mental health and autism. She also loves spending time with her family, drinking iced coffee, and binging a good TV show. Kim is someone I met a couple years ago, and as always, when I say met, I mean online. Um, We actually haven't met in person, but we are due to meet um, in person in April of next year. So um, I really was excited to sit down and talk to Kim. We've uh, done some other podcasts together before, um, but she is a first-time guest on Living the Sky Life. So please enjoy my conversation with Kim McIsaac. So welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. I get to have another friend on the podcast, a friend who I've never met in person, but we've become friends through the last few years with social media and um, comparing stories of our adult children. So Kim McIsaac, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I love following your Facebook page, which we'll talk about in depth, but um, Adventures in Autism with Alyssa, your 26-year-old daughter on the spectrum. She and Skylar are so much alike in so many ways. And then obviously there's tons of things that they're different about. Um, I learned something from every single one of the moms and dads that I've met along the way. So I, I never expect anyone with an adult child to go all the way back and unpack the diagnosis and all of that. Cause we are so far kind of past those early days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but since you've been kind of in the autism world and in this gig for such a long time, um, is there anything now that, um, is different when parents are talking to you about their diagnosis with their kids and their younger, um, like for me, the severity levels, that wasn't something that was ever discussed when Skyler was, well, that, that's uh, diagnosed actually, on the spectrum. Yeah. That's actually like a uh, area thing too, because here they don't do that too much period. Oh, general. still even now. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's just de- uh, dependent on like region. I think a lot mm-hmm. of it has to do with like the waiver programs and insurance, because that's what I was like, well, what level is she? She doesn't have a level. She doesn't have any of this stuff. And then I come to find out that it's, it's, it's more like insurance based, I guess, because mm-hmm. okay. when you're getting like say 40 hours of ABA like you have to be like a certain level it's more to do with stuff like that than it's actually 
medical, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, so you guys are in the Boston area mm-hmm. and um, as far as services starting for um, Alyssa, when you guys first had her diagnosis, did you have a first steps program, like a, a zero to three program? So here it's called are you scrounging for stuff. No. So it's like, it's, so it's like really weird because we talk about this all the time too on um, our podcast, because I, she's so much older than other kids. And it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like she almost had more access to services because there weren't as many people trying to get services, Yeah, which is kind of weird. So it's like, we've come so far in certain ways, but then it's like, we really haven't come as far as we should have in 24 years. Um, mm-hmm. So she had here, it's called early intervention, basically same thing. Um, so she, we got involved with early intervention when she was just under two. Um, her doctor had kept like pushing us off and pushing, pushing us off. And then finally, cause she was like, Oh, just wait till she's two. She's the second child. You can't, you know, my son was the first grandchild on both sides. He was, you know, he was, he was very advanced so it was like you can't compare where he was at this age to where she is but just something in I just knew in my heart that something was not you know matching up and it wasn't just that she wasn't talking her understanding it didn't seem to be clear like sometimes it seemed like she understood sometimes it seemed like she didn't and um there wasn't obviously the information about autism that there is now so lots of things that she did which now I'd be like "Mm, autism weren't yeah. associated like she would spin things that wasn't a known thing like you couldn't like look that up on the internet it would be like a sign of autism that was just there was no way even the doctors didn't have like the information like I brought her into Boston Children's Hospital they were very informative because I think they were part of Boston Children's Hospital but her regular right. pediatrician she didn't think she had autism she was like, mm. she's like, no, I don't really see it. All the early intervention people that worked with us said the same thing. They're like, she's social. She's like lovable. She doesn't really have the typical signs that we would see. Like you're able to like bring her out. I always bring her out. It was just something I always did. I mean, I think a lot of it was because I was, I was a young mom. I was, um, you know, w- me and my husband weren't married at the time we were together, but he worked a lot so I could be home with the kids. So it was just me and them. So like, I was taking them out regardless. Like, yeah, I, I don't think it to. ever clicked in my head to be like, oh, maybe you should like keep her in the house. <laughs> like, I was like, that, that's not happening. Um, so I think because I always did it, she was able to adapt to it because they were like, yeah, like nobody with autism can like go to the mall. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like not a thing. And um, yeah. so they kind of like were all saying that they didn't think she had autism. Um, and it was just this one lady who came out to do like the, you got like initial consult with early intervention. She came to kind of do like a screening on her and she didn't even say anything. She just wrote on the paper, question mark autism. And I was like, what? Like, of course I look it up. It was, you know, it was a very glum outlook on what like was said because we didn't have Google back then. We didn't have Facebook. Obviously it was more like encyclopedia definitions that you could look up and it was like yeah which are horrible yeah which was nothing that I was like I was like absolutely not there's no (laughs) and um so we you know we were gonna go to children's it was a nine-month wait for an evaluation I mean I think it's a two-year wait now so like haven't improved in that there happened to be a cancellation so we got in in like three months which was great um but I did not think that she was gonna get diagnosed with autism like I knew that there was something, you know, she obviously had a lot of behaviors. She was, you know, super emotional. Um, she had like all like kind of the little, the little things that like go with autism that, like I said, like the spinning and 
she didn't line things up and choose to make a circle but you mm-hmm. couldn't break the circle like if you try to move one thing in the circle she would like lose her mind so it's like obviously there were some things like that um we knew she had like they didn't call it sensory processing disorder back then but that's basically what it was to me that kind of explained a lot of the issues that she had with stuff so when she went and got diagnosed um and they were very thorough it was like a six-hour evaluation um and we you have came, to fill out all the forms and everything yeah like we had like, to fill out the forms like prior to going and then when you go there they had like a two-way window they like observed us with her they asked questions it was like a team of like seven doctors that were like watching her um, wow yeah it was, it was actually it's funny because when I hear people people are like oh it was like 45 minutes I'm like oh I don't think we stayed the whole six hours since she was only two so I think we end up you know it, it was shorter than it was supposed to be because she was so little um and then we went we went back two weeks later to get the results and you know that's when they said she had autism and I, I was like in shock because I was like I mean I had so many people telling me she didn't have autism and I like believe them a because I wanted to believe them because right and be like from what I saw and read about autism I was like there it just didn't fit what I was looking at um but of course you know now there's so many different variances and different you know uh, not even just the different levels but there's just so many different characteristics that you know mm-hmm. some kids might have these other kids might not some kids might have a hard time with this other kids don't um and then we were able to she was already getting um, OT services through early intervention and she was still just two. So her early intervention wasn't like ending yet. Um, speech was a little harder because they only had one speech therapist for like, you know, eight, eight towns that were trying to like. That's what them. we went through. Uh, speech has always been the one that's mm-hmm. like underserved. It just doesn't seem to be enough speech pathologists around. And they but... always are leaving. Every time you get one, that's really good. Like it mm. seems like they leave. I don't know where they go, but. Like they're always leaving so we had got this you know the speech probably not as much as I would have liked her to have but then we also had a person who came out once a week just kind of worked with her and like played with her and like helped us like you know line things up like they helped us get the appointment they helped us get in contact you know with the with the public school stuff like that um and then she actually got so they recommended ABA services for her until she could get into the um the public preschool program and she was actually the first child in Massachusetts to ever have ABA paid for by um, Massachusetts, which I didn't know. I found that out like three years ago, which is just kind of crazy. I was like, because you don't really, we didn't like ask about that stuff. I mean, I was literally a baby. I was like 22. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you probably would have taken anything they threw at her. Well, I probably, you know, I, I don't think I didn't one. ask who was paying for it. They would just like call this number. They called the number. They set everything up. So like, I don't think like, you know what I mean? Like I never thought to like, I never asked about it. So I never really knew. Um, and we did that for nine months until she could get into the school until she turned three. And it was just like at home because they didn't have ABA centers. They didn't have anything yeah. like that at that time. Um, and, you know, that was kind of rocky for her. She wasn't like the best um, candidate for ABA because she's, you know, yeah. very stubborn and spirited. that's a nice way of putting it well so did her did she never have words then like is she like like, Skylar never regressed he just never had any so she sort of I wouldn't say she regressed it was more like she stalled so she initially had like five words that she said around 11 or 12 months which was like dada 
she could say baba she could say like brother that was what she would say for her brother she could say bath but she was obsessed with bonnie like i swear to god that's her first that, that's like her first <laughs> symptom of autism right there like she was obsessed with them even when she was like really little and she could say that she could say papa like so they were you know just like those when it's kind of like babbling but like they know what they're saying like she knew who it related to yeah, yeah. she knew what it she was identified yeah and then it like and then it sort of stalled but what happened was we thought she could possibly be deaf because she stopped responding to her mm-hmm. name like and you could like scream her name as loud as you could clap i mean she wouldn't even flinch not even yep. nothing but if you put bonnie on in the other room she would run from the kitchen to the other room and we're like uh-huh. well she hears can she just hear music but not like you yeah. know what i mean so it's like it was so it was just it's such a weird that is like one of the things that still to me i think is so perplexing how they just all of a sudden it just seems like they lose that ability to respond like she was doing that mm-hmm. prior to that like she developed typically for her first year like she did everything on time she walked early she crawled she sat she um looking back i can see some signs a little bit earlier than i initially thought which initially i thought around 15 months now like looking at videos and stuff i'm like hmm. <laughs> i can kind of see it maybe starting to emerge around 12 months but it's like it, it's more like those inconsistencies of sometimes she would turn sometimes she wouldn't stuff mm-hmm. like that and then it seemed like I wasn't clear if she could understand and I know I was young but I was around kids all my life I babysat all my life I had a you know I had a three-year-old or probably a four-year-old at this time and I was like I can't tell if she can understand because sometimes it would seem like she would because you might say come get a diaper and they might run the other way that doesn't mean they don't understand you yeah <laughs> you know don't what want, I mean? yeah and sometimes yeah. you can say oh it, show me the duck and sometimes one-year-olds just don't cooperate like so it's you know it's hard to like Mm -hmm. know for sure so that was like the that was I think what I was worried about her not seeming to be able to understand the way I felt like she should and then not Mm -hmm. responding because then we went through the hearing test so then they were like oh it's inconclusive they couldn't tell me if she could hear or not even after the hearing test so then we had to do another hearing test so I really think that we were like that's where we were thinking at that point um and then after the second hearing test, they're like, no, she, she can hear. Um, and then the words just kind of trailed off. It wasn't like an abrupt thing where like she woke up and didn't say them anymore. It kind of, it just kind of slowly, like they like slowly faded, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like she was like talking, but it was like, she was turtling. She was just starting to emerge. She was and then, trying to. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just kind of, I always said it's almost felt like someone hit the pause button that's like what it felt like more that more that than an actual regression if that makes sense mm-hmm. she lost some of so, her alertness though that's like what you know but then like i said we were thinking that she couldn't hear she had chronic ear infections from like eight to 13 months so then you know they say oh they can they can lose part of their hearing when the, when that happens so it's like you're thinking about all these other things mm-hmm. at that time well so you know, in Skylar's case, it was funny because he was the same way. And I, I asked one of the hearing therapists or hearing physicians, I'm like, is it my voice? Like, I mean, I talked to him the whole time I was pregnant. So if anybody's voice that he would ignore, I would think it wouldn't be mine, but like you, he would kind of respond to TV or other things. But when my husband or myself said his name or anything like that, he just acted like he was deaf. Like, I mean, he really did not even flinch like Alyssa didn't. Um, but for me, when we had early intervention, 
we also had revolving door of OT, PT, speech. And then with the speech, they were trying to help him with his eating because he was so low tone that they just all kept saying the OT slowly started to come. He was raking things a little better. The PT sort of started to come. He didn't walk till he was three. Um, but the speech never came. And they kept saying his body has to work so hard. These other things, just give it time. That's the one that always comes last. And he has low tone in his, his face and his muscles. So, um, you know, that'll have to develop over time so that his tongue can work with his mouth, blah, 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 all the things here we are at 19 and he still never said anything, but I just, do you, did you ever wrestle with like where to focus your attention? Cause they're throwing all these things at you and, I just didn't want to overwhelm Skylar, but I didn't want to let up on anything because if he needed it all. Yeah. So, so like, I was just patient. We did. So to a point, so she got into that. Well, she didn't, she couldn't do the public preschool. Like they knew immediately. Like I said, and this is the thing. I think if she was diagnosed now, the public would be like, oh no, we have an autism room. We can take her. I can tell you right now without looking at whatever autism room is that it wouldn't be appropriate for her. You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. So I she, do. she was out of district because they didn't have the, they didn't have, they had some general special needs kids in the integrated program. They didn't have somebody with severe behaviors like her. Um, so she went out to like a collaborative program, which here, it just happens to be that they don't own a building. So they rent rooms in the public schools, but they're like, they're their own program. So she was able to do an integrated program in preschool, which is great because it was half typical peers half kids with like either autism or an autism like um diagnosis mm -hmm. um so she got and she got speech pt um and ot through that and they were they didn't do aba there but they followed aba principles so they did a lot of like the behavior therapy the discrete trials like all that stuff and at the time i was also doing speech and ot outside of um school so we would go after school to speech and ot they did like a dual appointment. So a lot, of, a lot of the times they would be together. It wouldn't be two separate appointments, but mm -hmm. it just got to be a lot because I'd be dragging my son there. We'd be, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like she'd already be in school all day and it wasn't working. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't like you, I had it in my head. Like I was just convinced that like she was going to get speech. She was going to learn to talk. She was going to be in this, you know, this, this preschool for, you know that that specialized in all this stuff and by five she was going to be fine like that's just what I had in my head which I don't know obviously it was a form of denial and I think it was just a foil form of misinformation for the time um and that clearly didn't happen you know what I mean so mm -hmm. then like I kind of said to see it was just too much so I did end up pulling back on the outside speech and OT and it's like something we've we re have revisited here and there but like I don't know it just nothing seems to really work um mm -hmm. like all these things that are like oh this really works and you you try it and you're like no it didn't work for us <laughs> like it's just mm -hmm. um yeah so I mean I did kind of struggle and sometimes I go back and go oh maybe I should have stuck with it or maybe you know maybe I should have really like pushed the device but she didn't get the device until she was 16 so she was already set yeah. in her way so it's like I maybe could have pushed it a little harder, but like the second you took it out, she'd have a, like, she'd go crazy. So I'd be like, I mean, I just didn't really want to deal with that, to be honest, you know, all the behaviors that yeah. came with it. So like, but now I'm we like, the oh, same way. I should have pushed mm -hmm. it, but it's like, 
I don't know. It's like, you know, I don't know that it would have really made a difference. I think the hard thing is, is that when our kids are diagnosed, um, cause they're relatively close in age, the AAC stuff wasn't what it is now. Uh-huh. It was huge and clunky. And like, most of it was centered around pecs and just actual, you know, pictures with Velcro. We didn't really have the proloquos yeah. and the talk stuff that they have now. And those kids, all the kids that are young, they've kind of all been raised on YouTube. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't even have the internet really. Right. So, um, Skylar has never held an iPad. He he won't even hold it. I was so gung-ho like you. I got Proloquo a couple of years ago. I made him a pex board. I tried all the things over again. He would just fling the iPad and kept breaking the screen, no matter how many protective covers I put on it. He just wasn't, he couldn't hold it. He didn't have the, yeah. you know, the motor planning to hold it and then to do the finger scrolling and all of that. So so it's like she it was just kind of fruitless. It's like she did the pecs and it, it, it just kind of the same thing with everything. She would do it to the point of what she would do it for what she had to do it. If something was super yeah. preferred, she would do it. Um, and she did it at school. She had the whole book at school. She did all the stuff at school. She did great with it at school. And I really think that in her, she can't, she's a very, this goes with this, this goes with that. She can't, I can't say the word. <laughs> compounds yeah like compartment <laughs> compartmental is like in her mind it's like this compartmentalizes. is yes uh-huh. i don't know why I can't it's oh. the accent i don't know <laughs> oh god i know what um, you mean though yeah so i think she associated that with school oh and school's like work mm-hmm. for her so when she was home yeah. she didn't want to deal with it and we did it for a while and like sometimes we did it sometimes we didn't and it was just like she's like you know what i want get it for me <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just hard when, like you said, like, I think if she had an AAC device when she was five, oh my God, okay, you can't bounce without doing this. You can't go outside with, there's nothing that motivates Mm -hmm. her. The only thing that really motivates her now is food. Like she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't care about playing outside anymore. So it's like, yeah, it's just, it's hard. And she did use her um, Proloco at school and she was, she's really good on it. Like she's really good with the iPad. Like she's really good at finding stuff and she can like go through the screens like nothing but like she would never do it at home sometimes if I pull it out and I show like say she was crying and I was trying to figure out what it is she would sometimes like show me like the part of her body that was hurting or something like that but that's like the only time we could really use it um so it's just she's just so stubborn so it's just so hard because it's like I don't know you know sometimes it's like I wish it translated to home. I mean, that's one of the things that I always went to his AVA center and I'm like, tell me the way you're saying it. Tell me the way to do it. And I tried everything they said. It just like, like Alyssa, he just, Skyler was not willing to work at home. He's like, I do this at school. I mean, it's really like any of our other kids, they do their homework and they, they're like, I don't, I don't want to come home and do work. Like, I just want to hang out in my room and play, play games and do my thing. And I don't want to have to do it but unfortunately for our kids whole lives they've constantly been working if yes, it's not therapy yes. it's school if it's not that we're like quizzing them at home trying to get them to do stuff well and then like so. when she's aged out of school um and went to adult services she didn't want to use her ipad there so mm. they were like oh we can't force her to use it like it's like against our human rights and i'm like but you're taking her ability to commit I'm her mom. I communicate with her without an AAC device. Like 90% of the time I can figure out what she wants, what's upsetting her. I mean, there are times that I can't, don't get me wrong, but like, I usually can figure it out even if it's in hindsight. 
they're not going to be able to do that. They're not going to be mm-hmm. able to, and which she just gets upset out of nowhere, you know, and you won't know what it is. And you'll just be like, did she just get stung by a bee? Like, that's literally what it seems like. She'll all of a sudden be like freaking out and you're like, what, what's wrong? And it could be something so that you would just never even think of. Um, and they, I really don't think so. They have, she has a speech therapy consult there, but like, I don't see very much evidence of that. And I think it's just somebody who comes in like once a month and consults with like the caseworkers and stuff. They're not working directly with the clients. You know what I mean? Um, and there's yeah. and there's no like they're not ed- you know they're not educated the way like the teachers the teachers are and stuff like that. They're just the direct care staff. They're not you know they don't have yeah. degrees. They're not necessarily like trained in that stuff. So it, like that was like really hard because I'm like, well, she's been doing this for six years and she's good at it so now it's just gonna drop so then like yeah I was like now I was like okay I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to try it at home and um at first she still won't do it independently but she will do it for like structured activity so we, we use it a lot for stuff like that but it was just like so, so tell me a little bit about um since Skylar has yet to transition out of services as he hasn't in our state it's 22 is it also 22 for you guys right on the in birthday. Massachusetts <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's what people, when I tell people that they don't live this life and I'm like, literally when he wakes up and he's 22, they'll be like, bye. You know, it's not like you get a grace period here. Um, but so what, what was that process like? Did you start like many of us at 16, 17, 18? I mean, cause you kind of know where your child is and where they're going to be in a couple of years when they age out. So how did you research stuff? What did you find did Massachusetts offer things? I'm so curious about so. I mean, I think I was just in like a world of denial where I did not want to deal with it. I didn't want to think about it. So they started bringing it up at 14. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not there yet. And then the older she got, um, because they have a transition plan at school. And I knew that they had programs for when she left school that were similar to school, that were similar hours. And they did similar things that she most likely would qualify for. The problem with researching stuff is, is like you can research all you want when they're 14. Yeah. It doesn't mean that program's A, going to be available. B, There's not a 10-mile list. Yeah. B, they <laughs> yeah. may not. And Wing. that's what they said. They said, if you go too soon and you get your hat set on one place, like you might not be able to get to that place. So Massachusetts is supposed to be great for services. I think it really depends on where your child falls on the spectrum. Right. I feel like Alyssa is in a really she's just in a really weird spot where yes she's severe I would consider her to have profound autism you know she's Mm -hmm. like a child her receptive language is is pretty weak she doesn't understand a lot as far as words as far as like people speaking to her there's other ways that she is like I'm able to bring her out into the community she's she is social you know she does enjoy a lot of things so it's like she's in a it's almost like she for the programs that are for the severe and then there's programs for kids that are not as severe. And I'm not talking about high function. I'm just talking about that are, you know, that have language mm-hmm. that have, you know, they, they're more like, they'll take you and like, you'll play games and you, you know, they'll bring you into the community for things that you're interested in. And it's like, she's almost like that would, they'd be like above her. A lot of stuff. I don't think she would understand what was going on in one of the right. places. So it's like, she almost falls in the mm-hmm. middle. So there's not a lot for her. Um, there's a lot for more um, job vocational stuff housing stuff you know 
social groups and stuff like that but it's yeah. like without language that stuff is almost yeah impossible. that's what we run into too and so, Skylar's not toilet trained Alyssa is right she Alyssa yeah. is I mean yep. we were, we were so if you've got that. any behaviors of any kind that could just randomly pop up if you're not toilet trained and if you're unable to communicate I mean I I'd have to follow him around with his spelling board or whatever it is and no one allows that so they're like we just can't we don't have the staff and the resources to for him. And I'm like, well, then what, what is he supposed to do? Like, like you said, our kids that are kind of in the middle, um, yeah, we just, we're stuck. So here they have, so here they have, um, they're called day habs. So basically when you're like on the mall, so the SI, that's normal, like that's normally what they would qualify for. So I was told, and I was under the impression that it was very similar to school and that's just what they told me. So that's what, I mean, and you can look a few of the places up online, but it's their yeah. website. You're not really going to get. It's the pretty um, pictures and the perfect smiles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they have a pool. This is great. Um, so we, there's a coordinator who, who basically meets up with you. And you, you, you pick like four places, uh, five places to tour. And the other thing is, so this is paid for this two. It can either be paid by DDS or hers is paid for through her insurance because of the day have. The community-based programs are usually paid by a slot through the Department of Developmental Disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Dayhab, they, you know, pick them up and drive them home. They get transportation. They this therapy, quote unquote. Um, and the other ones, like I said, are more like community-based, more like kind of like social type of programs. So we went and looked at them. And I, I had such a jolt of reality, like slapped me in the face so hard because I had, no, I was not prepared. And how old was she when all. you went and toured? So she was, so she was 21. Okay. So we had, we had some of the places in mind. They had given me some names. I had like looked up places, talked to some of her teachers to see what they, you know, what they were thinking. Um, and, you know, had, there's only so many right. places. So with Mass Health, you have to, go to a place that's connected to your town so i can't be like oh we want to go 40 miles to this place i think there are some ways around some of it if you can like prove like a need or something like that but so we went to these places and i mean they were terrible they were basically some of them were it was almost like a nursing oh, home that's what i'm afraid but like, of <laughs> but there was just like all ages um one of the places i went i'm not even kidding people were just like wandering around I mean, the place was, it was nice. It was clean, it, it, but it was, it was almost like sterile, you know? And I'm like, I was just like horrified. Um, and this one place is like, oh, we have an autism room. We have like an autism side. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's the only place I heard of that had this. So they go and they show me, they only had three or four kids. in at the time they were each in their own space, almost like a room to themselves with just them. I'm like, what? this what why is this happening like why are they being isolated yeah. do you know what I mean like and they didn't know what prological was they didn't have any knowledge they didn't even they never heard of it and I'm like you're an autism you know yeah like, place and you've never heard of you've never heard of it and I'm like looking around and, and I'm like no like this is just I don't want her being alone in a room like this is not what I had in mind at all um and there's people that have mental disabilities there's people that have physical disabilities i mean it's just gamut and there's people that are 22 to like yeah like it's like so i i mean i left i was crying and i called my husband and he thought i was being very dramatic and then he had (laughs) i can't be well i know but it's your baby so he came 
he came and looked with me and he goes this is the most depressing yeah. thing I've ever done like it, it was horrible so there were two of the places that were okay and I know so one of these places it's nice it has like a pool it has an art room everything's great but it feels cold you know it's the place that everybody wants to go and it's the closest place to us but I'm like I just don't know and the place that she went to is um is through a place like there's like a they have like a residential school they have group homes they have like a lot of different programs in her school that she well it's a program I just call it school open 10 years ago in that location so a lot of the clients just happen to be younger because of that so it's basically she can stay there until she can be there when she's 60 like there's no like age thing on it. but I personally don't think 20 year olds should be with seven year olds no, I, mean, I don't I, either I don't know I think it's does crazy. she have a one-on-one person is, like no yeah no. I mean that's what Skylar has she to have is, you can't leave him so, alone at all unattended so she had she's always been her ratio's always been one to two like she's always I don't think she needs a one to two probably after like a certain age but like that's just always the ratio that she's been with so there's usually like eight kids or 10 kids and like four people now um I think the ratio they have there is one to six and they have like so they have activities like they have an art room they have like an exercise room so they're like on the treadmills and the exercise bikes they have like a kitchen but they haven't used that since COVID they have like a it's kind of like the learning room where they have like a um the projector and stuff like that and they do like some learning stuff and they have like a capital cafeteria-ish type of place where they eat so it's more like a place for her to go and she can be supervised not Alyssa can't stay in the house she was junk during the pandemic like she already has lots of issues with sleep with not going anywhere like her days and nights were completely mixed up she got miserable I mean we had behaviors that we hadn't seen in years come back she has to get up and go somewhere um so like this is what the option yeah. is and it's not don't get me wrong it's not a, it's not like it's a bad place i would never have her somewhere that was right. not a good place it's just this is what's available it's not a place where there's actually a speech therapist working with her it's not a place where people are trained you know they're obviously trained you know they have trainings i got corrected on the internet for this obviously they have trainings that they do like on the computer when they get a job but um, they're not, you know, they don't have psychology yeah. degrees. They don't have special education degrees. They're not. It's the same. The yeah. type of people that like, that she's been, that she's been working with her yeah. whole life. So it, it was a very big, this was a very big jolt for me. And this is when I kind this is when I sat on my page. This is when I like started kind of seeking out groups and different things because it just kind of like it re-triggered everything from, because it was almost like, she was diagnosed all yeah. over again in a way you feel like, alone and it just it just felt like why does it matter that she's 22 yeah. why does it matter it's just a number her age means nothing nothing because people are always like she's a woman she's not a woman yeah <laughs> I mean like, maybe she physically looks like I mean? one like, but she has the mentality of yeah, a like six-year-old or whatever but yeah biologically she's a woman cognitively she's not and just all in all like I think she's very scattered because she she's very intelligent it's not when I say that she doesn't understand her receptive language is weak she has difficulty processing and understanding words she understands a lot of things that I'm like wait how does she even know that like what's you know she's not she's very intelligent it's just that she's not learning in the same typical way that like a lot of us learn 
Um, so her skills are, they're very scattered, they're very scattered, but this is just what's available for her because she'd just be sitting in a chair in the other places because she wouldn't know what was going yeah. on. So it's like, it's just hard and the turnover has been terrible. And it's, I know it's like this everywhere. So it's just, it was a very hot pill to swallow in the beginning. Like it was really, like I really struggled and, and not even just that, like, you know, her just aging out of like all these different things. And it's like, why does it matter? Mm-hmm. Like, what is who decides at 22 it just feels like because she's 22 she doesn't matter it's the gut it's, it's like she's literally the, just it's a federal thing i mean that's who made the decisions the states can do what they want but it's the federal government who ends any of your like we can't like right now skyler the um his ada is paid for through our private insurance thank god um because it's so expensive um and anything they deny medicaid kicks in but medicaid the waiver that we're on for our state, they stop services at 22. That federal program ends. That's one of the reasons that people cut things off at 22 because these ABA centers and these places don't get the funds because Medicaid cuts them off when a child turns 22. So they're like, well, we don't want them here because we can bring in a five-year-old and a six-year-old and and be profitable off of them for the next 15 years. I mean, it's a business. I know they're helping our kids, but after all, it is a business and they need to be paid to pay their people. So it, it stinks because it's, it's such a high level of disregard for our kids. That's been going on for, you know, 60, so years. Cause I see, I see a lot of places now that are doing services up to 25. Yes. I'm like, Oh, why? Cause she's 26. Like what yeah, Michigan's 26. That's the only state Jess told me that is 26. And I'm like, man, really? Like I might consider moving back home to Michigan, but I, it's just crazy. But even if we did that, Skyler would be at the bottom of every list the waiting lists are so long yeah. for people. And it's like, and it's like, it's 26, but what are they yeah. offering between 22? It's the same stuff we have. Yeah. Um, one of the t- times you and I spoke, uh, I don't know, a while back, you were telling me about um, an issue or just kind of with doctors and like her pediatrician. So when t- were you told she could no longer go to your pediatrician and you had to find all new adult doctors? So like I had, yeah. So like I had known like at some point she would have to not go to the teachers anymore. And I think they had told me, you know, around tw- like tw- 25 or mm-hmm. something like that, she would have to go and find an adult doctor. But what happened was we went to her, um, her physical. It was when she was, I believe 20, it was 23 or 24. I don't know the exact age, but I went in, um, had a physical. She's had the same doctor since she's been four. She's not like a specialist with autism yeah. or anything, but she's just like was her doctor. Um, we talked about like the current things that were going on, yeah. whatever. Did the whole appointment, and she's the doctor never said a never said a word. So I go to check out, they hand me a paper, and I'm like, "What's this?" And they're like, "Oh, this is her last physical." He has her, yeah, like literally gave me my walking papers, and I'm I was like confused, and I was like, "Like, what do you mean? Like the doctor didn't even say anything." And they're like, yeah, like this is the age that they would like go to see somebody else. And I was like, would well, you guys have any recommendations? And they're like, well, where do you live? And I'm, her doctor's was probably about 25 or 30 minutes from me. And I told them where I lived. And they're like, yeah, well, we'll have to um, ask the doctor and then we'll get back to you. They never got back to me. Um, and I'm like, well, what if I can't find someone? And they're like, obviously, if she's sick or something like this, in the meantime, she could come back to us. Um, but this will be her last visit. 
that's one of my biggest I fears was, too, I was of starting over. How do you give? I mean, I left life story to another doctor, falling, and it's like you've had her since she's an four years old, and you're choosing not to see her anymore. This is a choice. Like you don't pediatricians. It's not like you can see older people if you want to. They're choosing. It's like you said with ABA. They're choosing not to do it. And I've been, I've done all this research and asked all these questions like, well, who takes over? Nobody, nobody takes over. There's nobody who specializes in adults. It's just not a thing. Um, she sees a neurologist because she does have a seizure mm-hmm. disorder. And the same thing with him. I'm at Children's Hospital and I said, you know, I said, oh, how much longer can she come here? And he goes, well, once you switch her primary care, it would be around the time that you would like find an adult um, neurologist. And I was like, okay, um, who takes over? And he goes, what do you mean? I go, well, children's does children's with special needs. Who does adults with special needs? And he's like, well, she could go to any neurologist. I'm like, no, she can't. She cannot go to any neurologist. Like, that's, no. I go, like, is there another hospital that takes over? And he goes, no, not really. And I'm like, well, why? I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. And he's like, he's like, and he kind of just was like, didn't know what yeah. to say to me, basically. No one's um, ever asked us this question and it's before. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's like, he's like, can we move on? I'll just refill your prescription. Um, and I was just like, well, she's, and the thing with Alyssa is she had this weird thing that happened at 22 is she just had this explosion of learning and progress that was just yeah. like unbelievable. And I was like, she's doing all these things and all this stuff's happening. And it's like, I want to take advantage of that because I don't know how long she's going to be on this learning curve. And, um, you know, he's like, let me get a social worker. And they were trying to help me. And they're like, well, it's actually autism. It was happened to be Autism Awareness Day. It just happened to be the day of her appointment. So if they have enough air downstairs, why don't you go downstairs and talk to them? And I saw on the website that they have an autism center, which they didn't have when she was younger. And it says they follow them through adulthood. And I'm like, oh, well, this is great. Like, because my concern is like, what happens like if she needs her gallbladder yeah. broke? I can't just take her to a local hospital and do an ultrasound. Okay, that's not going to happen, people. Like, you really need someone who's, who's who understands their um, fears because, and their needles yes, and all under- the things. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I went downstairs to talk to somebody and they said, oh, no, we only take, we only take patients up until 16. <laughs> she is a patient of children's but she's a patient of neurology not of the developmental medicine well now it's called the autism center and i go well she was diagnosed here she's done follow-ups here she's had proceed like she's had an mri like eeg all that stuff and they're like no once you're not here for two once you don't come for two years you're no longer a patient well i never got a letter saying that like what? you know and they're like and they're like yeah no i'm sorry they're like there's a place through Mass General that some, that takes adults. You can try them, but they have a really long waiting list. Now I'm standing here with Alyssa next to me. You're, you're a Boston Children's Hospital known through the country. Like people come here from all over the country to go here and you're an autism center and you're looking at me and my daughter like and basically like, oh, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's disgusting. I mean, that's I mean, just, that's just... why we get so angry as parents and and try to advocate so loudly because we're disregarded at every turn and i can only imagine like, why doesn't since i have a son i think about you and parents like you all the time about obgyn stuff like 
thankfully oh, I don't yeah, have to deal with that, with that but I, I what do you do how, how do you even remotely broach well, that so like we just so we just had our first appointment with the adult neurologist um and he asked me that he goes does she have an OBGYN and I said no like should like he goes well you know like at some point she probably should well she'd have to go under yeah I mean she'd have to literally yeah. go under like there's sometimes I want to be I put mean, under I know it some <laughs> yeah exactly I I mean there's just there's not a chance in hell that that's and gonna you could never explain I mean, it to her because she would I mean so freak out you have to sedate mm-hmm. her to get mm-hmm. blood she has to literally be sedated in order wow. to get blood she she's never gotten a sh- like since she's been little she's never gotten and, a shot like we give her a shot while she's sedated and the thing is she probably could get a shot but you would need to take four yeah. hours to go back and forth because she'd want you to do it and she'd move and she'd cry then she'd be like okay and this you would just yeah. have to have such an enormous amount of patience to do the back and forth with her and nobody has time for that you know what I mean I want to be like can I just take the shot home? I'll just, yeah. I mean, we could probably do it because I could do that for four hours because I've had to do that trying to get like, most, most of it. Um, did you tell me years ago um, that she does not swallow pills or, you know, really struggles with that? Has that yes. changed? Yeah. Is she better no. at that now? No. So, I mean, oh gosh, that's a so lot. This is like another, this is another issue we have as far as like medication goes. Cause it's like, somehow she takes a seizure medication by liquid, but like she won't take any other liquid medication. Um, and she's very smart, so it's hard. Like if I'm like, oh, here's some pudding, yeah. she's like, mm, no, there's something <laughs> you know? in that. And she's well, and I'm telling you, like, which she lacks in other ways. She is extremely perceptive. I call it her spidey sense. So she like she immediately knows. So yeah. um, we were able to. We did try her on clonidine, and that went terrible. But we were able to like kind of sneak because it's really small. We were yeah. able to sneak it in her drink. Um, but it didn't go well. So. We have another medication we're supposed to try and I'm just like, oh, gosh, that's hard. That is so hard. Oh my gosh. I mean, these yeah. are the things that just, you know, sadly is as frustrating it is for us and maybe people listening. It's, um, it's reality. These are the things that are next phase. And I never want to present these topics to make people worry more than they already do. I'm sure. But you have to know that this is coming. So if your child struck, I, I mean, I just never thought about that here I'm focused on, okay, where's he going to go during the day so I can keep my job and not have to entertain him 24 seven after he turns 22. And then I'm like, shoot his doctor, his GI hopefully will continue to take him because he's in New York and he only sees people on the spectrum, adults, kids, all that. But it's just like, I love our doctor. I don't want to start over. (laughs) We were able to find a doctor. Um, so there's a program, um, called the Lori center. It's like affiliated with Bass General and they do take adults. So we were able to find her a doctor. Um, he actually was once a week being like a primary care for adults. And now he left his practice to go to them full time. So she did, we did find an adult doctor, but my concern is like, cause people are like, Oh, this is so great. Dr. So and so so great. And he is great. He has a child on the spectrum himself. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's awesome. But like, what happens if he goes somewhere else? Yeah. There's not going to be, and I know that's such like negative thinking. I I know, but, but it's like, for now we have him and then she has a neurologist through the same place, the psychiatrist through the same place. So like they are trying to pilot a program with mass health. I'm not with, with mass general to like bring kids in if they need procedures. It's just kind of like in the very, very baby step stages. They, it's not quite there yet. So 
but they are working on it. So, I mean, so that's great. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say worrying about that stuff is negative though, because sadly that's, that's our concern from when they're little, you lose great respite people. If you find them, you lose great therapists because I mean, our situation was the best ones we always had were newly graduated. And then God forbid they get married and have kids of their own. Dang it. <laughs> they move on with yeah, their exactly. lives. They move They're away. So selfish. I know. I'm like, <laughs> no, he's got her likes you. And it takes us so long to get someone that he really likes and connects with. And then they're gone. I swear so quickly. So that's why I just do respite for him now. And pay myself and I pay him, yeah. you know, just to yeah. take care. I don't want to waste his hours, the piddly hours that we get. Oh yeah. So I just got like cut down. Um, yeah. Well, she didn't even get that many to begin with. She, she should have gotten more, but like when um, my husband has guardianship over her and once he took guardianship, she went from 16 hours a week. It's not respite. It's PCA services. And it went down from um, 16 hours a week till she gets five and a half hours a week. And it's like, it's supposed to go up when they age out of stuff, because that's the only well, because avenue of we the have. Fact, because of us ha- him having guardianship, that's basically like you're agreeing to take on those responsibilities is how they see it. That's backwards. Um, I have guardianship over mm-hmm. Skylar too. And I mean, there's nobody to help us. So, oh my God. Well, he also has a lot more, um, I think, physical needs than she does. So the program we have here it's all it's based on what they physically need gotcha. so it's like does she need do they need help feeding washing gotcha. obviously we don't have like the issues with like the diapering and stuff mm-hmm. like that so it's like and un, well not unfortunately i'm very fortunate that <laughs> sounded terrible i'm very blessed I know what that you she mean. has yeah. made progress but it's like it kind of works against us so mm-hmm. it's like we get less help because she can do a little bit more things, but she still needs to be constantly prompted. She still needs the supervision. It's not like she can really do these things. Like, yeah, if you say, put your jacket on, she can put her jacket on. If I give her her clothes, she can put her clothes on. But if I didn't do those things, she would probably never change her clothes, to be honest, ever. Yeah. I don't think she would. Yeah. Like, she'd just be in the same, She it wouldn't like dawn on her to do that. Even sometimes when we go out, sometimes I can't get her to change her clothes. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I think she like now is associated with going to school. So like she's dressed, not dressed. So she's like in her clothes mm-hmm. from yesterday because she doesn't like do pajamas. And I want her to change her clothes to go out. Like sometimes she like will refuse to do it. Because she thinks because, that's like, where she's going. I don't know why. Like I did, it's kind of like a newer thing and it's so frustrating. And we were, we went to like the pumpkin patch one day and I'm like, nope, I'm just gonna, she's gonna change her clothes. That's that. Like I'm not giving in. But like after like, 20 minutes of screaming and I'm like is this really oh no I we were going to the zoo and I actually met up with a autism mom from Arizona and I was like okay do I really want to stop a day like this of her like being now like dysregulated and upset so yeah. it's like I'm like okay we're thank you we're battles doing, I yes. guess like yeah. <laughs> yeah well so um I want to touch on too um you mentioned your son who's older and then you have two daughters that are younger than Alyssa mm-hmm. 20 and 18. Um, so they don't have as much memory, uh, you know, just kind of a childhood with her, um, as your son probably does, but do they all have their own kind of relationship with her? I love seeing your videos and all of your posts about dancing and your daughter dancing with Alyssa and her love of that all of a sudden. And she seems more engaged. Alyssa does with your husband, yeah, with, with her sisters. Yeah, she, she is. Yeah. And did that, um, did that just come about or was she always kind of 
wanting to be around them in her own way yes and no so like she obviously with my son was born first so he was always here so he was always like kind of like her person you know besides me um and he he was always really good really patient um you know really gave her grace all the time because it was it was really hard in the beginning like those I mean I had times where I would have to send him downstairs because he she would attack him if he just said mom he he she couldn't even stand the sound of him saying my name she would just like go at him and I'd have to have him leave he'd have to go downstairs Aww. which was a play room it's not like you know but he was still like the... yeah because he probably doesn't <laughs> I know, understand like, like what he did wrong well and like and looking back at it it's like that's happening to me even now it's like I still feel so bad about it but it's like and I feel like I just relied on him so much because it was just so hard I mean she required one-on-one at that time and I had two children so you know he was five when she was diagnosed so he was still somewhat self-sufficient but still pretty young um and then I got very unexpectedly pregnant with my third which was Kiara so Alyssa was five at the time and she had settled a little bit but was still very difficult um and we didn't know what was going to happen. We were just kind of like, oh. yeah, <laughs> like, you know, like, well, I'm pregnant. So there's going to be another child. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know if she'll survive. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, we put all these things in place. Like I, I would, I had a playpen that I would like put the chair in. So she was never like down on the floor, not even of Alyssa, like purposely hurting her, but she just would know. just barrel through yeah. the house. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know if she would think to be like, oh, there's a baby that I could get, that I could hurt. Like, yeah. she's not going to have that, like, awareness. And they don't know she gentle. She literally just, <laughs> yeah, so she literally just ignored her. It was kind of like a thing of, she was like, I'm going to allow you to stay. You know what I mean? I'm going to allow it, but I'm just going to, other than that, you don't exist. And she did not bother with her. And that was fine. I was like, totally fine. Um, and then when she was around a year, she had a very big dislike for her because you know how one-year-olds are they think they own the house well I already had one queen (laughs) and she was not giving up her territory that's awesome and then Kiara would like touch her stuff go go into her room and she did not like that and she would like she'd like push her down she'd pinch her not really not hurt her really but like but Kiara like didn't stop she would like she loved her she would like follow her around try to climb up on the couch with her um we went through a really hard year of um Alyssa just having like horrific behaviors like literally like aggressive being aggressive towards people in the community and at like a with no warning Mm -hmm. um and I think the trigger was crying and I think it reminded her of her sister so then it would like enrage her and she would go after the person who was crying but it took like a year to figure out like what was happening and then as Kara got a little bit bigger Alyssa just kind of got a little bit more um accepting of her and then boom, was pregnant with another baby. And another girl too. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen now. But when Lexi was born, Alyssa was a lot different. She was now almost eight. So she was like a little bit older. She was a little bit calmer. And she had more of a maternal thing with Lexi. Like she would like give her her binky. She would, you know, she'd look at her. Sometimes she'd like laugh when they cried, like stuff like that. But she had like a more of an interest in her as a baby. And I think it just was like, okay, this she knew what to expect because it had already happened and by that time she got more used to Kara by the time Kara was four she became Alyssa's person she was like literally Alyssa's like comfort like she would just like 
school she'd pat her head if she was anxious she's like literally like what a service dog does (laughs) it was a little smothering at times to our kids Um, serve a purpose i guess (laughs) but unfortunately here is also always the person that she's aggressive towards Mm. you know I, i don't know um i don't know why that is i don't like she all she's the one that she i mean she would literally light up when Kara walks in a room like just completely like even more so than me and i'm her mom like but she's also the person that like if she's frustrated she would push she would um you know whatever have Mm -hmm. aggression towards Mm -hmm. and she had a lot of aggression towards them when she was like around 12 um i think it was due to her having an antibiotic she had three antibiotic shots Mm -hmm. i didn't realize i didn't realize at the time but um i yeah it was like a brutal yeah it was absolutely brutal and she like just went after them nonstop. none mm-hmm. like i had said earlier like her so kara remembers that more lexi just because she was like four at the time she doesn't quite remember as as much obviously my son remembers and kira you know remembers a little bit more but things just kind of improved Alyssa calmed down a lot she still had her moments of she still has her moments but they were like more few and far in between Mm -hmm. i think after puberty she really like calmed down a lot you know um i don't know if it was puberty itself or just like her age but she really just kind of calmed down but at the same time she still decided like i don't say isolating but like staying in her room being on the ipad like just kind of like doing her own thing Mm -hmm. um a lot more she would still engage with us and we would still obviously engage with her but it would be like in small spurts and then she would go back to like her room or whatever and that's just kind of how it was for like quite a while and then it was like I said earlier it was like just such odd timing that it was like right before she turned 22 like Alyssa's always been nonverbal. the only word she's been able to say since about six oddly was no she could always say of course the that's, no. the, that's the special so, one <laughs> so we always joke that like God was like, okay, I'll give you one word. She was like, I'll take no. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to serve me well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it was always so weird because we're like, well, how could she say no? But she can't say anything else. But she didn't really even have sounds. Like, and sometimes every once in a while sounds would come out, but then like they would disappear. Mm -hmm. It would be like, you know, or it it would sort of sound like a sound, but like not really. And then she started doing these things that are called annotations where like she would have the rhythm of a word so it almost sounded like because I always try to be like say this say mama yeah. you know tell this one that even though like she really couldn't do it we just always did that and she would do these like little rhythms that om- almost could sound like it but it didn't have I don't know if Tyler does that but like he only laughs like I I forever I've always said mom come on you know you want to say it and the more I say that to him and I'm like ma ma come on Skylar and he laughs and he, his only sounds ever have been laughter if Scott if uh Josh really gets him fired up and like wrestling and he'll cackle and it used to be high pitched and now it's yeah. like a man voice and but that's the only time I've ever heard his voice and then I know that his voice has changed is because of his laughing but He's right. never uttered a sound, um, not, not at all. No matter how many times people will say it to him, he de- he never mimics, you know, anything where that's concerned. And like, like I said, we did, um, I would be like, say mama in my hand. I'd put my her hand yep. on my mouth and go, uh-huh. mama, you know, and uh, 
And then like around 18, she sat at like a few approximations where she'd say like bahai and bye. She couldn't say the whole word, but like a couple sounds came and she would say mapa. She couldn't say the M twice, but I'm like, I'll take mm-hmm. it. Do I think she really knew that it was that I'm mama? No, but I would still take it because she still said it and I was still counting it. And she could do like, if you were like, I love, she'd go you or like, what's kind of something that sounded like you. And those are really the only sounds that she had. And then like, really like at 21, it was literally like just a random day that we were taking a walk. The kids were at dance um, and I didn't want to go back to the house and have to bring her back again because she like has a hard time with that. And we were like walking and I was like, what's that? And it was like a flower. And she kind of said like an approximation for flower. And I'm like, oh, what's that? I said car. And she kind of said an approximation for car and then tree. And she did that. And I was like, oh, but I really didn't even think of it was such a big deal as it was. Cause it was like, it just was so random, you know? And I don't know about Skyla, but Alyssa's always had those things where she'd do these things and you'd be like, get excited. And then all of a sudden they'll be gone. Um, So I didn't like put too much thought into it. It just kind of went about my day or whatever. The next day I was driving um, my daughter to dance and it was her birthday. And we, I said, let's sing happy birthday. And we sang happy birthday to Lexi. And then all of a sudden Melissa chipped in and she goes, happy birthday to you. And I was like, probably not quite that. I probably would have started bawling. You could, you could could hear, I will, I'm trying to video. I'm like, do it again, do it again. Yes. So your dad can hear. Like, oh my god. I'm crying. Like, you know, and like my daughter doesn't even like I'm like this, you don't even know. Like this is like the greatest gift like you could ever yeah. get. She's like, No, actually you could get me a bus. No, I'm just yeah. no, I mean <laughs> but, even um, if it wasn't words at all, if it was like in the tone of it, yeah, you know, that is that just tells you like, she she understands and is comprehending. That's why when I post about spelling and stuff, and I know you've commented and just knowing yes. that they have absorbed 26 in her case, 26 years of you talking around her and listening to the TV and just they, cause people ask me all the time, how does Skylar know the alphabet? How does he even know how to spell words that you, you give him? And I, I can't explain that other than He's lived 19 years, yeah. almost 20 years. He's heard all these conversations. He's absorbing it. That's how I learn. That's how all kids learn. Listening well, to people it's talk. It's funny because Alyssa, like, sometimes will understand things that I'm like, like, I would never think she could understand. Yeah. But then there'll be something so simple that I think she would definitely understand that she doesn't seem to. But I think she gets very muddled with words. So the next couple of days later, we take a walk and I go, what's that? And she goes, tree. And I literally almost told him because you didn't say it first, right? I didn't say it first. And I didn't think that she would say it again. And it just kind of went on from there. And then she just exploded. I mean, it was like, so at at this point now, she's got like probably 20, 30 approximations. Some words she can say very clear. She has apraxia. So a lot of it's unclear, kind of similar to like when a toddler starts talking Mm -hmm. and like mom can understand. And you're like, wait, what did he say? And the mom's like, oh, he said he wants this. And you're like, oh oh now I hear it that's how a lot of her language is so it is hard if it's out of context sometimes to understand what she's saying um but in context you can like she'll ask for ketchup she can say ranch like she'll try to say anything and then it's like she started coming out of her room more and just 
trying to be around us more. And um, I would imagine the understanding, the more. feedback it she gets just, from you guys, though, like the response. Yeah. And she's like, okay, so if I do this, then they, you know, they're, they give well, me and this. And think- I don't know when, when it clicks. She really, she really loves when she says something when we understand. Yeah. Like I can see I it. So it's almost like they don't necessarily think that revelation should be, verbalization should be a goal with her because uh, a speech device is just more realistic. She's going to be able to be understood more, but it's like, she wants to verbalize. Yeah. So it's like, as long as she wants to verbalize, we're, I'm going to just try to pull what out of whatever I can out of her. It's very unfortunate that I don't have a professional to help me. You right. know what I mean? Because I feel like this is the time where she really could, she just has been on this learning curve. It has definitely slowed down. But from 22 to 23, I swear to God, every single week I go, oh my God, she's never done this before. I've heard when that I so my- much. Haven't you? I mean, like before you were at this stage, I, I keep hearing it from so many parents who have 30 year olds and whatever. I never heard it. Yeah. They all have said like, 20 now I mid have 20 30 yeah. like you it's really significant changes I mean I don't want to give false so, hope to anyone but I mean what else can you do but hope. I was told that um our your last brain spurt growth spurt in your brain happens in your early 20s I mean I wasn't a doctor who told me this it was like a, a person in the school so I don't know if she really knows what she's talking about or not but she said they, she goes I've seen this happen before and it's like they go through this their brain goes through this growth, growth spurt and then you see like a lot of big changes and her changes are I mean her changes are not just in speech I mean speech is great when you never thought you'd hear your child's voice yeah. now I can hear her voice like we watched a movie over the weekend and this is like a new thing Alyssa can't really follow along to movies because she doesn't understand words so obviously a movie's not going to hold our attention she does stuff on YouTube and watch clips of what she's interested in but like a whole movie, unless like you're at the movie theater with like popcorn and candy and it's like something with like a lot of physical comedy, like she'll like laugh when like people fall and like do like silly things. Um, probably just in the past two years when we've been able to get her. It's not all the time. It's only once in a while. But this weekend she picks Cinderella and in my mind, I'm I like, saw that video she's not, of that post. She's not gonna, she's not gonna probably fall along because there's not like a lot of, it's an older one. It doesn't have a yeah. lot of the, but she like, she laughed when like the cat was going after the mice and like, and then afterwards I said, Oh, what do we do? And she said, movie. And I said, um, what movie do we watch? And she said, I actually didn't understand her. And my daughter goes, she just said Cinderella. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God, she did. And then we watched the Lion King afterwards. She watched both movies, the whole movie, which Aww. I know sounds like such a small thing. No, it's but, like, a huge it's, thing. And it's just such a normal thing to do, right? To sit and watch a movie with your kid. Like in when you don't have that and then you get it, it's like, it's just, it's just. And it's different because you've had that with your other kids, but it's not the same. I mean, just like you love each of your kids differently, you know, you love them all and there's no favorites because nobody has favorites, but um, you have different bonds with each of them. And I mean, I'm with you. I've longed for a bond with Skylar, I just want to know what makes him tick. I just want to know mm-hmm. what makes him laugh. And it, is his sense of humor like mine or is he, I mean, I just, I would give anything to know those things. So yeah. the day he ever even points or spells or hints that he wants to spend time with me to watch something I'll watch. I mean, I watch countless hours of Elmo as it is because I know he likes it. I hate it, but like, I'll do anything to bond with him. So I love that she wanted to watch 
a movie with you. That just shows you how much she loves you. And and she has this, I'm sure, I don't know if you've seen post about it, but she has this stuffed tiger who she just loves. Like it's something on her birthday um, when she's turned 24, we brought it to Target. And this is another thing, like she doesn't pick things out. She doesn't ask for anything. Mm-hmm. She doesn't, if you try to buy her something from the store, she'll put it back on the shelf. If she just doesn't, it belongs in the store. If it's for me, she'll allow it. But if it's for her, she won't. She, we tried to get her to pick something out and she did it. And it was on her birthday and it was like this big deal. And we were super excited. So she picked like a tiger. She picked an Elmo doll. And she picked some other like little cat thing. And I was like, okay, this is enough. Isn't she, <laughs> she picking, every she picked clothes too recently, didn't she? And she actually liked them. Like she, you asked her, do you like this or this? And she picked an outfit of, or a, an article of clothing out, I thought, or cause you said you can't ever just buy stuff for her. She's like, I don't want that. No, it's impossible. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes she'll pick stuff and then she doesn't wear it even though I buy it. So it's really frustrating. Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> well, I, but she, oh, go ahead. but she picked this, ta- sorry. So she picked this tiger, which I had no inkling of like, the impact he was going to have on her life and us. So she picks the stuffed tiger and she'll pick things out. And then it's, then she wants nothing to do with it. Like, it's just, I don't know. So she picked him. She liked him. If they make it in the bedroom, they're good. A lot of times she'll, you'll buy her something. It does not go over the threshold. It's like, it doesn't make it in. And he, she uses him to interact with us. So she'll come out. And she'll have him do something silly. Like she'll have him grab somebody's water bottle. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like just something like, or sometimes she uses it when she came out and she took a tissue and she blew his nose and she was getting a cold. So she is using him to like facilitate communication, interaction. Cause it's hard, even though like we're her family, she can't come out and be like, Hey guys, you know what I yeah. mean? So she'll take him and she'll do something silly with him. So we'll be like, no, no, Ty Ty, you can't do that. You know? So it's like, it's really been this, it's almost like a bridge between her and us, like her world and our world. And it's been like, and it's crazy. It's just the stuffed animal, but like, it has like all the, I don't know what I'll do if like something happened to him. <laughs> like always, I, I try to buy a double but she wants nothing to do with yeah. it. It's like, it's in the car. <laughs> it's like, she was so mad when she saw her, but. Isn't it crazy yeah, how been... intuitive their minds are? I mean, it's conversations like these that just make me so much more even motivated tomorrow to try to just dig into Skylar and what he's thinking and give him whatever avenue I have to, for it to, to come out and for him to be able to open up and maybe he'll, he'll yeah, turn 20 yeah. soon. So maybe, maybe 2021 well, is our I'm telling you, it was like, it was just, it was so unexpected. It was, uh, I mean, I had made peace with the fact that she's not going to talk. I mean, I still yeah, have me too. I still don't really think that she's going to talk, but like she can have, she has words and we can have little bits of conversations, not the way I do it. My other children, obviously, but like we went to the zoo and then we came back and she, you know, she can tell me what animals she saw. She told me that I said, Oh, what do we do? And she said, train. Cause they, we rode a train there. And then we went out to eat and I was like, what did you get? And she said, chicky French fries. I mean, she always gets the same thing. So it's not really that. Hard, but that at hard, least but she like, knows what she likes. She could never. Yeah. And she could never do that before. So it's like, we're able to have like these little, these little conversations, um, you know, yes, they're basic. Yes, they're simple. No, it's not the typical conversation that you would have with a 20 something year old kid, but like, it's something I never thought I'd have mm-hmm. and I have it. So it's like, 
you know, if I can say anything, it's like, don't ever give up hope. Yeah. Yes. You want to be realistic because you don't want your heart to be broken. Um, and I definitely understand that, but when you least expect it, something will happen. It might not be something even big. It might be, you know, I always say all these little things that she does, they're so small, but like, they're so big to me. Mm -hmm. They're so big to us. So it's like, when you put them all together, there's been so much growth and so much progress in the last four years. I mean, more than the last four years than she's had in the last 10 years. Yeah. I agree with you so wholeheartedly about never giving up hope. And the other thing I think that we do to ourselves, we put so much pressure on ourselves, especially now with social media, the beauty of social media and all of our Facebook pages is that we all found each other and we can relate on so many levels, but the, the mm-hmm. challenge I still face, and I do it to myself is comparison. Like I'll see, yes. you know, like Carrie Cariello, um, you know, she's been on before too, and Jack's going to college now. And I'm like, well, that's never, that's not even in our realm of future. Right. And that's, that's okay. So I just always want to make sure that I'm presenting the other side. Like it's okay yes, if yes. you're not college bound or if your child isn't job bound, that that's okay. There's plenty of paths for all of us. It's just use all of those things that you read and you see to just kind of give you ideas. I know. For things. It's, it's it just is, hard. It's, it's hard because then it's like, you see these stories that the, oh, they were nonverbal till they were nine. And and now, and, they're, you know, now they're in college. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, and it's like, I, sometimes in my mind, I'm like, hmm, did that really happen? I don't know. Were they really severe? Like, what's your definition of yeah. severe? But yeah, it is. It, it is like, I find myself like when she was younger, comparing herself to typical people, yep. right? You can't help it. There's all the other kids in the family and all that. And, and it's heartbreaking. You know what I mean? Because she's not able to do these things and in your like really seeing like wow this is what a four-year-old would be doing you know um and like I'm over that like I don't compare her to other 26 year olds yeah. like it just seems ridiculous to even think of that but sometimes I do compare her to other people with other disabilities mm-hmm. and it's like why couldn't her disability be like yes why if she could just talk a little bit like just communicate a little bit it would change but then it's like I that's not what it is and I gotta like pull myself back I know me too you know and I'm grateful like she's happy she really is healthy and you know she's sweet like she's you know she does have her moments but for the for the most part she's you know she's funny and she's mm-hmm. like you know she's fun to be around and I mean don't try to move something she doesn't want to move because you'll see him outside of her <laughs> but you know she does have a lot of the anxiety and I feel like we've learned because sometimes I'm like has she gotten better or, or do we just learn like how not to make her mad mm-hmm. you know and it's like a 50 50 right but um yeah she just you know she really she really is great but I know what you mean it's like you see these things and it's like um, but you know what? It's it, they're lifelong, lifelong learners. It's a so lifelong you're, spectrum. You're seeing too. at twenty, mm-hmm. at, at at thirty, you might be, you know, you might see something different. It's not. I don't know why they tell you if they don't do something, you know, by nine or by twelve. Yeah. Like I, I was told. Uh, that. Me too. Oh well, she's not going to talk. I was told she would never understand spoken word without like a visual cue. She understands tons of stuff. Um, she speaks, no, she doesn't, isn't conversational, but she's, I mean, she probably says like 30 or 40 words mm-hmm. and she'll try to say anything. She will try to say anything you ask her to say. It doesn't always sound the way we say it, but she'll, she'll try to say it. So in her brain, she's saying it, it just doesn't come out mm-hmm. always completely clear, but I never even thought I would have that, you know? So it's like, yep. she's, she's grown so, so in much. their own so time like, and in their I own way. You know, like when you get like the behaviors and the sensory 
things and all that stuff like kind of like regulated and figured out like I feel like that's also a time for them to be able to like learn yep. more which sometimes happens you know I know it's not for, not for every single person but a lot of times that tends to happen you know as they get older so I think that also like leaves room for them to be able to learn and, and progress more yeah. and uh, I don't think I understood I've heard the term lifelong learner but I don't think I truly understood what it meant <clears throat> and now I understand because I see mm-hmm. it in my own house you know I see it yeah I see it all the time and and my thing is I just want her to be able to communicate her basic needs and wants so when we're not here anymore she's able to do that right you know because yeah. I've said my biggest fear is not obviously I have the big fears of like what's going to happen to her and you know all that stuff but like my biggest fear is like her being lonely. yeah like I don't want people just walking by her and leaving her in the chair well and that's probably I what hit people... you when you went to those tours seeing people alone yeah. and old and you know just yeah well and my mom passed away over the summer and um she was in a nursing home she had all time and she was in a nursing mm. home for a little over a year and every time I left there because there were some people that were younger that you know had some I don't know what type of disability they had some type of disability um and they're just sitting in their room staring at a wall and it broke yeah. so my heart broke for my mother obviously that's very difficult and hard and then it, it made me think of Alyssa and then in my heart broke for you know I know it's like kind of something I'm imagining in the future so it's like my husband's always like you're so crazy <laughs> but I'm like I just like that's all I can think about yeah you know it's hard I mean? not that's to just, that's just like mm-hmm. it's so heartbreaking mm-hmm. it's so heartbreaking um well I mean like I said before I um I'm so grateful uh for moms like you who we somehow navigated our way through social media since we were all new to it because we were old by then when all these young people were doing reels and all this stuff. But I'm just really glad that you started your page when you did, because it's so resourceful for me. And I know lots of others, you have a ton of followers. So um, I know it's helping a lot of people. And then you, um, I just wanted to touch really quickly on um, the podcast that you guys started. Um, It's table, table for five, no reservations with four of your um, fellow autism of moms. Um, they all have yep. kids at varying ages, which makes the podcast really cool because it's different perspectives on a topic that you guys cover. Yeah. Um, so why did you guys start that real quickly? And, um, you know, kind of what have you gotten out of it? So basically like we just met in a support group and we were a part of a blogging group mm-hmm. and we used to talk a lot. Um, I think the, I mean, the pandemic did wonders like with all the zooms and all the stuff like that. Cause I, I don't know if I would have like re- put myself out there in that way, if not really just because of the time constraint, but like I was home and I was like, I'll give this a shot. And, um, I got to know these, just these four particular moms and I used to talk a lot. Um, and we used to always joke around and say, we should start a podcast because like, <laughs> we should talk about what we're talking about privately yeah. to other people because I mean, <laughs> come on we're like always centered around autism even when you're not trying to talk about autism it always gets into the conversation yeah. somehow mm-hmm. and um and it was great like we had one of the moms that were really going through some hard stuff and it was just like you know everybody could kind of understand the heart and everybody could celebrate those little tiny things that like don't seem like a big deal to the outside world you're like even sometimes when I write stuff I feel like people are going to be like why is this a big deal because it's like I know some people don't get it we all get it though yeah yeah and then to have people that get it so that so like it kind of started off as a joke and then I think one time we're like 
why don't we start a podcast? Mm -hmm. So we decided to start a podcast. And I mean, I don't even think it was going to get launched because we could not agree on a name and we could not agree on a logo because sometimes when you have five opinionated strong women, it's, yeah, <laughs> it can be interesting. But we wanted to give other moms like what we were able to give each other. So that was like our kind of like driving force on starting the podcast. So and we kind of didn't put autism into the name of the podcast because we didn't initially want it to be a podcast just about, I feel the same thing like with my page. Yep. Like I feel like because I have her name in it and I have autism in it, it like sometimes restricts the things I can write about. Um, so we, we kind of didn't want to do that, but like it didn't matter because we pretty much just talk, we talk about other topics, but like because autism is in all our lives, it's even when we're talking mm -hmm. about something else you know we usually do touch on it and uh so that was you know that was the kind of reason that we kind of did that to be able to give other moms what we gave each other yep and just to give hope to give understanding to give people that you know because I sometimes run to people that like I'm with a support group that with you know all been in all the people it's like I don't realize that there's people that don't have that yeah. still mm -hmm. like it's kind of mind-blowing when I run into someone like that I'm like oh you know um and I want people because we get shamed a lot we get shamed a lot for being sad we get shamed a lot for grieving talking about and, the hard you know all these yeah and all these different things and I just don't want a mom to feel like she is alone in this and a mom to feel like that she you know it's okay to be sad it's okay to you know have all these feelings um but we also want to give hope mm -hmm. because you know there is hope and there is ways to you know you make the best of it like you can't obviously sit there and you know you've got to live your life and you've got to find ways to like you know find joy for your kids find joy for yourselves like and whatever that looks like it's not going to look like the same mm -hmm. for you that it does for me that it does for the next person so yeah we just wanted to be able to share all that and it's just a lot of some sometimes it's knowledgeable stuff sometimes it's just us kind of breaking loose and just you know um you know sometimes we cry sometimes we laugh it's just well and it's you know I what I love about I mean I adore all all of you guys um and I know everybody on it all the hosts but um I I love that it's different perspectives. Again, like I said, they're all different ages. Some are boys, some have daughters, some, uh, they, they, I think there's a single mom in the bunch. And, um, it's yep. just like, we all go through similar things, but we have different lifestyles and different, you know, situations. So, well, yeah, you know, what yeah. works for you? I mean, I think you guys even covered toilet training once and it's just like the stuff that people want to hear you know, well, what is this like for a single mom? What is this like for the mom of a seven-year-old? Yes. What is this like for a teenager oh, oh, like a or an adult? Yeah. And yeah. um, so I love it. And I hope you guys keep, keep doing it. Um, I think yes, it's valuable. And it's, like, and it's like, we, it's, um, it is funny because we do sometimes have, you know, everybody's kids are on different levels. Uh, we have some that are verbal, some that are nonverbal. We have four girls which is also another rarity because you don't see yeah. as many, you don't mm -hmm. see as much stuff with the girls. So between the five of us, there's four girls. So that's like another kind of little, like, I think that sometimes people don't, you know, I didn't know anybody else with a girl for years. I mean, I, I still don't in real life, like that. I let that yeah. I know personally. Yeah. Like it's always been boys. Like, I'm like, is she like the only girl with autism? <laughs> it's like, you know, which is like another thing that was just like, you know, um, 
party at, at some point, you know, because it felt like like all boys and Alyssa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it seemed like. Um, so yeah, so we have, have like that that perspective, and um, I have found that through the podcast and other things that I do that it really does fill my cup to be able to help other people, mm-hmm. to be able to be a perspective. I never thought in a million years that my daughter would give others joy and inspiration. Like I have so many people, they're like, I love Alyssa. Oh my God. She's so inspirational. Like in my mind, I feel like, well, she's still, you know, not fully independent. She's still nonverbal. Like to me, like thinking of me 10, 15 years ago, like, I wouldn't think that would be hopeful for people, but it is because they see her joy. They see her progress. They see, you know, they see 10 years down the road, yeah. eight years down the road. And it, it doesn't look so scary when they see her. And I think it's important you know, that it's... they see you. And I hope I try to give off that as well through the stuff that I do and the advocacy that I do, because I want parents to see us too. Like, it's not just about our kids. Yeah. You have a great sense of humor. I feel like I have a pretty darn good sense of humor, but like, we're okay. I'm okay. I'm not like hovering in a corner somewhere, bawling every day, hating my life at all. Skylar has brought so much joy to me. Yeah. It's a challenge. Parenting is a challenge in general. We just have a little extra dose of challenge sprinkled on top. Yeah, But I mean, (laughs) I just want people to see that out of all of us that are out and vocal and writing and doing all of these things that I mean, hopefully one of us is relatable, if not a bunch of us, that it, that's the biggest message I can get across to anyone. It's not only yes. give up, don't give up hope on your child, but don't give up hope on yourself. Like you're doing the right yeah. things. Just keep doing what you're doing. Trust your gut and just life, life goes on. It gets easier. It really does. Yeah. So. And it's funny. Cause like looking back, it's like, I'm like, Oh, looking at pictures of when she's younger. And I'm like, I just want to go back to it, even though it was hell, it was little hell, but like, I would go back because just to like, see her little and get like a, you know, a little five-year-old snuggle, like, mm-hmm. you know, I would do it just because it's like, it goes, fast. it just goes by so it fast. Does. Yeah. You know, yep. it really does. So. Oh gosh. Well, Kim, thank you so very much for taking the time oh, well, you for in your evening. No and I, I know you've got, I'm sure Alyssa's waiting for you. <laughs> like everybody's like everybody's mom we walk, need dinner here. I'm, like, I'm like because they probably think I'm on my podcast so like they don't care yeah. they're like no I'm on somebody else's oh, it's okay this is life this is real life we don't have quiet so you know solo rooms or whatever so anyway thank you so much I will log up uh link up in my show notes your Facebook page for anyone that's not following you or familiar with you and the podcast um table for five no reservations yeah. so people can listen to yours as well and um Again, thank you so much. And I know you and I'll be talking. <laughs> so, All right. Awesome. Thank you thanks. so much. Okay. It was great speaking with you. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Skylife with others. Thanks again for listening.